And so as Reese mentioned um, earlier today, my name is Tariq Burton. I currently serve in the campus ministry. And there are a couple of us here today. Everybody else is at the, uh, the other meeting location at Gavrilino High School. This morning they, they didn't want to hear me, hear me preach today. That's okay because you guys get to hear me. You know, and um, today is, is the Sunday after Christmas. Right? I hope all of you had a very Merry Christmas. Um, I know I did. I had a good time with my family. And so I'm, I'm still, I still feel like just a little bit in the Christmas spirit. You know, because for, for me and my family, Christmas doesn't really end until the tree goes down. And that's really dependent on me and my brother when we go and, and take the tree down. And so it's, it's still up today. Um, and so I have some, some jokes, some Christmas jokes. I thought we could start off a little fun here today. You know, have a little fun. It's the last Sunday here of the year. And so let's, let's have a little fun here. Right? And so I looked up some Christmas jokes. I did not write these. Um, and so... If you don't find them funny, don't blame me. But, um, and so I have three, okay? So number one, what kind of motorbike does Santa ride? Anybody know? No? A holy Davidson. Oh! I did not write these. I thought it was, I thought it was funny, though. I told my mom on Christmas, she thought it was funny, so... Maybe you like the second one. All right, maybe, maybe you like the second one. All right, I like this one. It's, okay. What is the best Christmas present in the whole world? You say you guys are spiritual. Jesus. No. A broken drum, because you just can't beat it. That one was good. That one was good. That one was good. I feel like that was the best one. Oh. <laughs> this, this last one, I'm not really sure. But, but who is Santa's favorite singer? Santa's favorite singer. Mariah Carey, Taylor Swift. No, Elvis Presley. Elvis. <laughs> Funny stuff. And so this is the last Sunday of the year. We're going to have a good time here. Um, we're actually going to be talking about prayer. We're going to have a little discussion here about prayer, and we're going to have a fun time. But I like to start things a little interactive. Um, I really like to hear from you guys. And so when you guys think about prayer, what comes to mind? What, what is prayer to some of you guys? Let's see some people. Okay, so peace. Peace is good. Back there. Okay, heartfelt requests. Intimate relationship with Jesus. Praise. Freddie. Vulnerability. Vulnerability. Right here. Okay. Aligning your desires with God's desires. That's good. Concern for others. Elmore. Connecting with God. Okay. Pouring out your heart to God. Okay. Special time of communication with God. Can you say that again? Okay, amazed that you that he would want to listen to you. Yeah. Okay. Anybody else prayer? Okay. Okay, being grateful every day, and I saw one more hand. 
Okay, surrendering, surrendering to God. Yeah, prayer can be defined a number of different ways, can't it? All right, it means a lot of different things to us. It's, it's, it's something that's multidimensional. You know, if you were to look at all the scriptures about prayer in the Bible, and we're, we're not going to do that this morning. Um, that would take too long. Um, but you'll see that it means a lot of different things. All right, there's a lot of things that make up prayer. There's many different parts to it because it's layered. All right, so we're going to be examining prayer this morning. And together with the scriptures, we're going to unlock something truly incredible about this thing called prayer. Amen? Amen. Amen. So turn with me to Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 7. You know, I don't remember exactly when I, when I started praying, but I just remember from an early age, I prayed. All right, my parents taught me how to pray, and I think that's what really helped me um, build a, a faith in God, because I would pray, and, and not everything I would pray about would get answered the way I wanted it to get answered. Um, but, but some things got answered, you know, and as things, as prayers got answered, I'm really thought, you know what, this God is, is probably real, you know, and, and so, I mean, um, again, imagine me as a little kid, you know, I wasn't always tall, right? I wasn't always a tall kid, I was actually really undersized growing up, and so it's kind of a miracle that I turned out to be over six feet here, um, but, but me as a little tyke, I would always pray. Right, my parents, they taught me how to pray, and the, the first two prayers that I prayed, I still remember them. Um, because they were kind of like a tradition thing, and I would kind of just recite them, because um, my parents taught them to me. And so the first one was, I would pray before um, my food. All right, the first one I taught, or, uh, my parents taught me was, was to say a prayer before I ate. And it was really short, it was simple. Um, I was a kid at the time, and so I would say, thank you for this food today. Amen. All right, and then I would eat. All right. And it was good. Every time I said that prayer, I felt like the food tasted better. But, and so I would say that prayer every time I ate. And then my second prayer was before I went to sleep. And my mom taught me to, t- to pray before I went to sleep. And again, it was a, I was a kid, and so it was, it was something easy to remember. And it was like a blessing prayer. All right? And so I would say, and it's funny because my mom taught me this. And so the first thing she taught me to say was, God bless mommy. And so she wanted herself to get blessed. And so I would say, God bless mommy, God bless daddy, God bless myself, Tariq, um, Amir and Ayana, that's my brother and my sisters. And I would say, I would actually pray for you guys, right? Because I would say, God bless everybody. And so that meant you guys, right? And so I would say, God bless everybody. Thank you, God, with all my heart. Amen. All right, and those are the first two prayers that I, I learned to say. And so from my early age, I remember for praying for things um, like tests and quizzes. Because right, I was in school and I wanted to do well in the class. And so I would pray for that. I would pray for, I was a, a huge sports fan. I'm growing up, still am. And so I would pray for my favorite sports team to win when they were playing. And if they were down by a good amount of points, I would pray, God, please let them win. Um, important stuff there. Um, I mean, Christmas just passed. I used to pray for my Christmas gifts. Um, I would give my parents a list of things that I wanted. Um, and I would pray that I would get them. Um, and I, I would pray for, I mean, this, important stuff, right? I would pray for my crush. Like, when I was in school and I had a crush, I would pray for her to like me, right? Like, dear God, like, I like her, I want her to like me. Um, important stuff when you're a kid, when you're growing up. You got to pray about that stuff. You know, and so from an early age, I remember praying for things like that. Um, and, and I don't remember which was the first prayer I ever prayed that was answered. Um, but I remember something I answered there. You know, and I remember... Growing older, I started praying for, for more important stuff, right? And, and I remember praying um, through things like, when I was in high school, I used to get anxiety attacks, really scary things. 
Um, and, and I remember I didn't know what the first one was. It was like everything was like going a little crazy. I knew something wasn't right. And so I remember just rushing into my room and just praying. Right? I remember having conversations to God, with God um, in my prayers as I grew older. You know, and then I, I became a true Christian. I became a disciple, right? And I remember feeling a, a connection to God as I prayed, right? I received this, the gift of the Holy Spirit. And I remember feeling a connection to God when I prayed. And it was the same connection here described in, in Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 7. And so let's read it together. It says, What other nation is so great as to have their God near to them the way the Lord our God is near to us whenever we pray to him. You know, this is my favorite scripture about prayer. I remember reading this as a young Christian for the very first time and just being in awe. You know, because it says something truly awesome and truly amazing about prayer. You know, it says that God actually comes near to us when we pray. You know, growing up, I always thought, you know, like it's, it's, it's us going near to God, which that is true about prayer. Right? We are going to God... We're going to the presence of God when we pray. But this scripture is saying, hey, God also comes near to us. You know, when we pray. As we pray and as we present our requests to God, it's like he's coming around us. It's kind of like he's he's putting his arm over our shoulders, in a sense. That's how I kind of visualize that scripture. But this scripture is also cool because it, it tells us what sets us apart from other religions. You know, it says, hey, prayer is something... That sets us apart. It says, hey, when we pray, what other nations are so great to have their God come near to them? What other religions have a God that can do this? Right? A God that, that no one listens to our prayers, answers them, and also comes near to us when we pray. You know, what other nation is so lucky to have this type of God? You know, we see this kind of illustrated in First Kings chapter 22. Right, this idea. We're not going to go there, but Elijah um, is kind of in the middle of a showdown. Right, he's on this mountain, and it's it's kind of him versus these 450 prophets of Baal. Right, these 450 prophets, um, and uh, and they they want to see, um, they they kind of want to test Elijah. They kind of want to test um, God, and they want to see, hey, which God really answers prayers? Right, our God Baal, or your God, the God we serve. Right, and so it's, it's kind of funny because it's Elijah, this one guy against these 450 prophets, and they go through this intricate um, and this crazy worship service. Um, I mean, I encourage you to read it. It's, it's really inspiring. Right, they go through this crazy worship service and nothing happens. You know, and they're there for hours and they're, they're doing all this stuff and nothing happens. But, and it's funny because nothing's happening and it's Elijah's turn. He kind of turns and mocks them for a little bit. Right, he kind of makes fun of them. And as soon as he prays, the first time, the very first time, these dudes were there for hours, Elijah's there for a few minutes, and God answers his prayer, right? And they were trying to see which God would burn the sacrifice, and God burnt their sacri- Elijah's sacrifice. You know, we, we're set apart, right, because of this, this, this God who draws near to us. And so we're going to be defining prayer this morning, right? We're going to be looking at one definition of prayer, and we're going to do so by building a formula, right? I'm a math guy. I like math. I majored in finance when I was in school. Um, and so we're going to be building a formula. So sorry if you don't like math. Um, I feel like it's an easy formula. It's just simple addition here. Um, but we see for the first part of this formula that we're going to be building, and we can hit the slide there, we see the first part of our formula is God draws us near plus. Right? God draws us near plus. 
Okay, and so we're going to be building this formula here. Um, and you can kind of see we started in the middle. Um, I kind of felt like I wanted to start in the middle and uh, do things differently. Um, but we're starting in the middle here. So that's our first part. All right, and as you can see, there's a few blanks, right? And we're going to be filling those in as we go along to get our, our final solution. And uh, the, the solution of the, the formula is actually the title of the lesson, and so I'm not going to give it to you guys until we get there. Um, I don't want to ruin the surprise. It's actually pretty inspiring. Um, right, and so God draws us near plus. And put this at the top of your notes. If you're taking notes, put this on the top so you can go in and fill in as we go here. Cool. And so, I mean, this is, this is cool. This is kind of funny. Has anybody here who, who, who reads their Bible on a consistent basis and you study things out um, in your Bible... Uh, have you guys ever had a time where you were trying to study out a specific thing? All right, so, so for example, like God's grace or something. You're trying to study out God's grace, but you end up studying out something totally different. Yeah. Right? Yeah, right? It's a common, common problem. I don't think it's a problem. I think that might be just God intervening there. But it happened to me. Right? It happened to me. You know, I woke up early um, one morning, and I just felt like I wanted to read the armor of God. Right? In Ephesians chapter 6, I wanted to read about the armor of God. Um, and so I wanted to just read it um, because it's, it's a great, we can go there, Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6, it's just a great illustration, a great image of, of how much God protects us. You know, so I, was, I, I, was, I woke up early and I was just like, you know what, I just want to read about God's protection there. I want to read about the armor of God. And, um, and so not wanting to read about prayer, but I ended up kind of seeing prayer stand out there. All right, and later that day, I, I wanted to read in Nehemiah, um, just to study out Nehemiah, and, and prayer kind of jumped out at me there too. Um, and so I feel like um, I studied all this out, and I feel like God really wanted me to share it with you guys this morning, so that's why I decided to, to, to preach on prayer here. Right? But in Ephesians chapter 6, it's, it's really encouraging because of all the protection we get. You know, God, he gives us this, this full set of armor. Right? He gives us a belt, a breastplate, shoes, a shield, a helmet. We have this, this, this complete set of armor that God gives us, right? And to, show, to kind of just show us how much he protects us from, in verse 12, from the rulers, the authorities, the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. And so it's, so it's encouraging to hear that although we're in this battle, right, this spiritual battle between the, us and these forces of evil, kind of like Star Wars, um, for those of you who saw Star Wars, um, Right, it's kind of like that, right? We're in this battle, and although we're in this battle, God protects us. He doesn't leave us unprotected. And so it's encouraging to see, but also, He gives us some weapons. Right? He doesn't leave us without any weapons here. And the first one is in verse 17, Ephesians chapter 6. It says, Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Right? So He gives us a sword. Right? It's cool to have a sword. I always thought swords were cool growing up. Um, but, but he gives us a sword, right? So we're, he protects us with his armor, but he doesn't leave us without being able to, to, to fend on our own, right? And then he continues, and he actually gives us another weapon, right? And I kind of always used to kind of just glaze over this part, right? Because growing up, I always liked armor. I always liked the concept of armor. Um, and, so, and so I always liked the scripture. And so I kinda, every time I got to the end, right, with the sword, I'm like, okay, cool. Like, I'm set. Um, but this kind of stood out to me. And one of my times with God here, and it says, in verse 18, it says, And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. Right? So he's saying, hey, he, he doesn't finish his thought here. Right? He says, you get this sword, right, which is the word of God. And then he says, and pray. 
Right? So he's continuing, continuing his thought here. Right? And praying. So this is another weapon that God has given us. This weapon of prayer. And it also t- tells us how we should use this weapon. Right? He says, and pray in the spirit on all occasions. With all kinds of prayers and requests. And if you keep on reading, it says, with this in mind, be alert. And always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. You know, so he's telling us, hey, you have this weapon, right? You have the sword, but you also have this weapon of prayer. And I want you to use it on all occasions. Right? I want you to use it continually, non-stop. And he says it a few times. Right? And so here we have this another, another part of our formula here. Right? Going back to the formula, we have this other part of the formula. Right? So we have God draws near to us when we pray, which we saw in Deuteronomy. And here in Ephesians we see that the next part of our formula, you can cue the slide there, is, is done frequently. Right? God wants us to be praying frequently. And so now we have prayer done frequently, plus it draws us near to God, plus blank equals blank. Right? We're not there yet. Right? But here we go, right? God wants us to be praying frequently. And we see this illustrated in, in, in many different parts of the Bible. All right? People in the Bible who are praying frequently. And an example of this, 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 this idea of somebody praying frequently is, is Nehemiah. You know, Nehemiah, I mentioned I, I was reading through Nehemiah um, a few weeks ago. And it, it's an interesting book because it's, it's about um, the, 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 the city of Jerusalem. The walls get knocked down, right? It's destroyed. And so God uses Nehemiah to rebuild the city. Right? Um, and, and so it's not only about re- rebuilding the city, but it's about the people restoring their relationship with God because they had drifted far from God. And so God was using Nehemiah to help them see that they need to restore their relationship with God. And so it's a great book, right, about just this idea of rebuilding. Right? Rebuilding the city, but also rebuilding your relationship with God. And it's a really great read. And I encourage you, if, if, if you never read it, um, or if you haven't read it in a long time, go ahead and read it um, because it's a really encouraging read. But as much as it, it is a book about this idea of rebuilding, right? as much as it's a book about that, um, rebuilding the city, rebuilding your relationship with God, it's a book about prayer. You know, and this kind of really stood out to me because it's, it's a short book. It's not a very long book. You know, but it's encouraging and it's interesting to see how many times Nehemiah prays in this short span of a story. You know, we constantly see this man in prayer. And it's cool, Nehemiah is awesome because he has his dedicated times of prayer where he sets out different times um, during the week and during the day where he's just spending time with God. Right? He's just spending time with God. But he also has these spontaneous times. Right? These times where he just, on the spot, just starts praying. And it's, it, it's cool because when he's stressed out, right, and there's times where he's stressed out, um, and yeah, I mean, I'd be stressed out too if I needed to lead the rebuilding of a city. And so Nehemiah is stressed out and he prays. All right, spontaneously, just on the spot, he just prays, right? There's the times where he needs to get advice about something, he just prays, all right? He doesn't go to people first, no, he goes to God, all right? He prays spontaneously. There's times where he's, he's actually having a conversation with people, all right? He's talking to somebody, and they ask him something, and he just starts praying. You know, and that might be a little weird to some of us. I know it's a little weird to me if I was talking to somebody, or if I was talking to Reese, and I asked him a question, and he just started praying. I'm like, yo, bro, like, what's up? Like, just going to start praying on me? I know you're spiritual, but, you know, and so, and so, but it's interesting because Nehemiah, he just prays always, nonstop, about everything. 
You know, when stressed out, when needy, when desperate, Nehemiah prayed. He went to God first. He was following this idea of this prayer that should be done frequently. Right? God wants us to pray frequently. And because Nehemiah was doing this, he was fulfilling his purpose. Right? Because he was praying continually, he was fulfilling his purpose. And his purpose wasn't just to rebuild. It wasn't to rebuild the wall. That wasn't his purpose. Right? That was an action that because he was fulfilling his purpose, that was something he did. Right? So his purpose wasn't that. It wasn't to help all these people that he was leading with their relationship with God. No, that wasn't his purpose. Again, that was something that was an effect of him fulfilling his purpose. You know, Nehemiah's purpose was the exact same purpose that each and every one of us has today. You know, we see it detailed in Luke chapter 10, verse 27. And so let's all turn there together. Luke chapter 10, verse 27. You know, and this idea of purpose, this idea of purpose is, is kind of common. Right? You always see it on, on like, I, I just think of TV. And, like, on TV shows, they, they always talk about, um, they usually have a main character who's, like, kind of struggling with their purpose. Right? Uh, I remember growing up, um, like all kids, um, I used to, to wake up early on Saturday morning to watch cartoons. Right? That's just what I did. Right? I would work hard during the week in school, um, do sports, but on Saturday morning, I would watch some cartoons, me and my brother. Right? So I remember watching cartoons. I remember I used to watch this show um, called Pokemon. Right? That's your jam? It was mine too. Right? And so as a kid, I used to love Pokemon. I used to love me some Pokemon. Every game, I used to collect the cards. Right? I used to even get the little toys that came. I used to go, like when McDonald's had it in a Happy Meal, I used to go, Mom, I want a Happy Meal. It's a Pokemon. Right? So I used to watch a lot of Pokemon growing up. Me and my brother, I used to love it. And I remember the main character, his name was Ash Ketchum. Right? Ash Ketchum. That was the main character in Pokemon. And uh, I remember for some reason, he was always asking himself, what is my purpose? Right? He was in a lot of episodes. He was just, and this is the old Pokemon, not the new stuff. Right? It's the 90s. Right? <laughs> Pokemon from the 90s, when it was really good. It was awesome. Right? And so he was always asking himself, man, what is my purpose? And he had, he had his two best friends with him. All right? Brock and, uh, and Misty. Right? See, I still remember the names. Right? Uh, but Brock and Missy, he had them with him, and they would always remind him. It's funny because they would always remind him, but he was always asking. Right? He was always asking these questions. So they would always remind him, Ash, your purpose is to be a Pokemaster. <laughs> right? To catch them all, to train all the Pokemon. Right? And that was his purpose, and he would be like, yeah, that is my purpose. It's like, thanks, guys, right, for reminding me. Right? And so I remember he would always, like, struggle with this idea. And I remember growing up, I was like, man, I want to be a Pokemaster. That's my purpose, too. I love the show. I play the games. And so I remember, again, old school, 90s, right? Not super old school. Um, but I used to have the, the red version, right? This is the popular Pokemon game. And it took me years, but I caught them all. Right? And, and I only did it. Um, I didn't want to catch them all. I only did it because my friend was like, you get a super rare one that you can't really get if you catch them all. And I was like, well, I want that one. It was called Mew. Right? He's like, you get a Mew in red version if you catch it. And I was like, sweet, I want a Mew. Because my brother would always beat me when we would battle. And so I was like, then if I get it, I'll beat Amir. Oh, that's my brother's name. And so I remember, um, I caught him all. I caught all 150. And I went to this dude um, who's like, he, he says, come to me when you catch all 150. And so I went to him. And he just gave me like a little certificate. And it wasn't one that you get in the mail. It was like on the screen of my Game Boy. All right, a little tiny certificate. And I remember I was like, man, this dude, my friend lied to me. Um, I was like, man, this probably isn't my purpose, 
uh, to be a poker master, and it's not, right? Luke chapter 10, verse 27. <laughs> Luke chapter 10, verse 27. It, it tells us what our purpose is. You know, and I know many of us are familiar with this passage, but it says, Luke 10, verse 27. You know what? Let's start in verse 25. Verse 25, it says, On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Verse 26, what is written in the law, he replied. How do you read it? Verse 27, he answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. Verse 28, you have answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. And I like that. I like what Jesus says at the end there. But this is our purpose. Right? This is our purpose. Jesus is telling us, hey, your purpose, Jesus is telling this guy, your purpose, if you really want to live, is to love God with all four of these things. All four of these areas in your life. Right? So this, this scripture is saying, hey, our, our purpose is a relationship with God. Right? And if that doesn't click for you, just think about this. Think about two per- people. Person A, and you got person B. Right? And so say person A is loving person B with all of their heart, mind, soul, and strength. And person B is doing likewise. What do these two people have with each other? Yeah, a relationship. Right now, is it, a, is it an on-the-surface, acquaintance-level relationship? No? What kind, of, what kind of relationship is it? Real. Yeah, real. Deep. Personal. Intimate. Right? And that's what Jesus is telling us here. Your purpose is to love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. You know, and if you love God with all four of these things, you have a relationship with Him. Right? Not just this surface level relationship, not this acquaintance level thing. No, it's, it's deep and it's personal. Right? And so, I mean, if you're, if you're visiting with us today, that is your purpose. Alright, we're glad that you're here. We'd love to see you here, but if you're visiting with us today, I want to encourage you to really study this out. Study this out. What, what is your purpose? To love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Study what that takes um, by setting up a Bible study with the person who brought you out. You know, but back to Nehemiah, he was praying on all occasions. Alright, we saw in Ephesians that God wants us to be praying on all occasions. Right? So if you're praying with all, on all occasions, you're probably close to God. If you're always praying, you're probably close to God. And you probably have a pretty good relationship with God if you're praying on all occasions. Right? If you're praying on all occasions, you're probably loving God with all of your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Right? When you're, you're praying on all occasions, if you pray with all of your heart, you're praying with all your emotions. You know, you're praying with all your heart, you're praying with all your mind, with your thoughts. You know, if you're praying with all these things, you're praying on all occasions, you're probably... Living according to your purpose. Right? Which is a relationship with God. And so, if you take what we learned in Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 7. Right? Looking back at the formula here. Um, it draws us, prayer draws us near to God. Right? And if you take it and you put it together with God is telling us here in Ephesians chapter 6. Right? That we need to be praying on all occasions. Right? You put it together with God. Or what, what we see, what Jesus is saying in Luke chapter 10, verse 27. Right, we see the most amazing thing about prayer. Right, you can hit the, the next slide there. Right, so if you add all these things up, we see something truly incredible about prayer. Are you guys ready? 
to see it, the solution to our formula? Cool, you can hit the next slide. You fall in love with God. You guys predicted it? That's good. That's good. Yeah, right? When we add all these things up together, when we look at what God is telling us about prayer in the Bible, we see something truly incredible about prayer. And we see that prayer is a tool that God has given us to help us fall in love with Him. You know, the title of today's lesson is Falling in Love with God, An Active Prayer Life. Falling in Love with God, An Active Prayer Life. And think about it. All right, think about it. Think about all your prayers, all your answered prayers. All right, and, and, and tell me if you agree with this statement. All right, the, the more, this is a statement, the more God answers my prayers, the more I love Him. You guys agree? Yeah, right? It's, it's simple cause and effect. All right, because when you're praying to God, right, you're trusting Him. Right? You want to, if you have a desire, you have a need that you want to get me, and you're praying to God, and you really trust that He's going to provide for, it, for you, when it happens, you're going to fall in love with Him. You're probably going to be more in love with Him than you were before you said that prayer. You know, simple cause and effect. Someone who is in constant prayer is someone who is constantly falling in love with God. You know, we constantly fall deeper and deeper in love with God the more we pray. And if that still doesn't do it for you, if, if, if this formula doesn't do, do it for you, if the scriptures don't do it for you, check this out. How many of us here, we, we, we went to church as, as a kid? Yeah, a good amount of us here. How many of us went to Sunday school? You know, Sunday school, awesome time with your friends and you get the snacks. I used to love snack time in Sunday school. Um, but so in Sunday school, what was your favorite story in the Bible to hear about? Just shout them out. Moses. David and Goliath, the story of David. Say it again. Noah's Ark, so Noah, Esther, in the back. Can you say it again? Mark, okay, Mark, right? And so we all have these, these, oh, I'm sorry. Okay, Daniel and the lion's den, right? So we all have these, these things that we used to love hearing about in Sunday school. You know, we used to love that, the, the little felt thing. I don't know if you guys know what I'm talking about. But they would put the characters on the felt board, right? And they would stick, right? We used to love all that, and that's how they would tell the story. I used to love that, um, right? And so, and so, David, Daniel, right? Moses, Noah. You know, I mentioned Elijah, Nehemiah. Okay, so Jeremiah, right? When you look at all these people in the Bible, all these men, all these women in the Bible, and you look at their relationship with God, you'll see that it's a strong relationship, right? It's not, it's not a weak relationship. It's not, it's firm. Right? So when you look at all these, these men and women in the Bible, and you, you see their strong relationship with God, what do you see when you look at their prayer life? Yeah, it was constant. It was on all occasions. You know, these people were people who prayed under all circumstances. You know, Elijah was on the mountain with 450 prophets of Baal, and he prayed. You know what I'm saying? David and Goliath. David had to go slay Goliath. He prayed. These men, these women in the Bible, they prayed under all circumstances. You know, because of their prayer life, God not only drew near to them, but they fell more in love with Him. Right? And we look back at them today when we read our Bible, and we just see their relationship with God. Right? And we see how much 
in love with God they are. I mean, David wrote a whole book about it, right? He wrote a whole book expressing prayers and, and how much he loves God. You know, Jesus Christ himself was continually praying to God. He was always praying to God. Even his, his last few words before he died was, was, was him praying. You know, praying in all circumstances. We continue to fall in love with God through an active prayer life. You know, an active prayer life helps us to live according to this, our purpose, which is to love God with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength, which is to have a relationship with Him. You know, speaking about all these people who, uh, who are in the Bible and known for their strong relationships with God and known for, for loving God and, and for, known for these prayers that they will pray, I used to marvel at these people. You know, I used, to, I used to lift them up as kind of superheroes because God was doing incredible things through them. You know, and, and I would think, man, what would it be like if these people were here today? You know, if these men, these men, women in the Bible who we all read about, what if the, they were here today? You know, some of us may, we might geek out over them being here. You know, we might rush to them and, and just ask them all sorts of questions. Right? You know, other of us, I mean, I, I think if they were here, I think there'd be like news coverage of their, of their answered prayers. You know, like new at six. Elijah calls down fire again, or something like that, you know? And, and, so, and so we can we can get all these ideas when we think about what would it be like if they were if they were here. And I remember I would just always just marvel at these people and, and really just hold them up. Um, but I read this scripture here in James. James chapter 5, verse 17. And it's about, it's about Elijah. It, it also applies to all these other people in the Bible. And it says, Elijah was a human being, even as we are. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. You know, I remember reading the scripture just having an aha moment. You know, like, like I was sitting there, like lifting these people up, right? Thinking of, about them as superheroes. And I read the scripture, and, 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 and I, was, I read the scripture, and, you know, I thought about, you know what, I think God included this. In the Bible, for people like me, right? For people who, who lift these people up, for people who put these guys kind of on pedestals, and I'm not trying to minimize what they did because they really did a lot of great things for God, and, and God really did do a lot of incredible things through them. But here God is saying Elijah was just a man like us. You know, Moses, Noah, David, you know, Esther, these people were, were people like us. You know, they had a nature. Just like us. And sure they prayed and incredible things happened when they prayed. But the, it wasn't them. You know, it was, it was the God they were praying to. Who happens to be the exact same God we pray to. You know, and I know for a fact that many of us, we have things in our life that we need prayer about. We are all praying about something. You know, it could be family issues, financial issues, health issues, be something you really want to desire, whatever it may be. And I want to encourage you to do what Elijah did. You know, it says Elijah prayed earnestly. Right? It wasn't a, he said one prayer and it, and it happened. No, he had to be earnest about it. In other translations, it says he has to be fervent. And so he was, he was constantly in prayer. You know, we all have things that we're praying about that we might not think 
can happen. Things that we might think is, is a little on the impossible side. But look what Elijah prayed about. He prayed that it, it wouldn't rain. It didn't rain for three and a half years. I'm pretty sure he felt the same way. You know, pray fervently. Our God is still a mighty God today. Our God still answers incredible prayers today. And because Elijah was, was just a man, and because these people were just people like us, they don't really have anything on us. You know, I used to look at all these prayers of God answering all these prayers of these people, and I used to be in awe, and I used to think, man, these people, God really came through for them. I'm not really sure if He can do the same for me. You know, but this scripture is, is saying, no, Tariq, you're wrong. These people are just like you. You know, they're just like you. They serve the same God you serve. And that was the power. You know, so I want to encourage you all this morning to pray fervently. You know, just like these people in the Bible prayed. And our prayers will be answered. You know, and we'll fall more in love with God. God's going to draw near to us. And we're just going to fall more in love with God the more we prayed. Just like these people in the Bible. You know, really quick, I... I wanted to get um, a few people to come to, to kind of share about some, some prayers that were answered, recent prayers that were answered. But people do something weird over the holidays. It's called traveling. And like, so they're out of town. Um, and so I asked them to kind of summarize their prayer um, so I can encourage you all with it this morning. It's really inspirational here. Um, but so this brother, he didn't want to be named um, because he, he's kind of known for his prayers. And he says it draws too much attention to him. Um, so I won't name him, but he, he wrote, I was in campus and I was working, he's in the Mary's now, I was working a sales job in which I was doing really well and I was making a lot of money, so I promised my roommates at the time that I would take them all grocery shopping. Right? He, had, he had five roommates. Um, he's like, I'll take you all grocery shopping. Um, and I told him I'd buy them a whole month's worth of groceries. All right, it's crazy, right? Um, he said, my check came and I was worried because that month I did not really sell a lot. And so I opened my check, and lo and behold, I did not have enough money. On faith, I still took my roommates to the grocery store, praying fervently the whole way. Right? And he says, walking through the parking lot, we came across a woman with two grocery baskets, one empty and the other totally full. She turned to me and my roommates and said, hey, I brought way too many things. You know, my car is full and I have no room for this other basket. Do you want all these groceries? <laughs> Crazy, right? I will give them all to you for free because you look like nice boys. <laughs> I answered with an exuberant yes and went away praising God and feeling more in love with him because he answered my prayer. Awesome stuff, right? You know, the, the second one here is, is actually a sister from our campus ministry. She said I could share her name. It's Jillian. Um, she goes to USC. Uh, but she said, well, for the past month, I have been praying that I find a way to cover all of my tuition for next semester. I'm taking 20 units, which is over the 12 to 18 unit flat rate. And my financial aid award was a couple thousand dollars short. And then last Tuesday, I got a letter saying I was chosen as a recipient for a USC scholarship that I did not apply for. Right? It covered the, the whole amount of tuition and then some. God really amazed me with, what, with that and showed me how much I can trust in him and know he is working for my good. 
All right, and I have one more here. This is a brother from the singles, and this brother's really funny, so you guys might kind of laugh at what he wrote. Um, it says, There is much to testify about God showing his love to his children. Here is one. I wanted to get NFL tickets for the San Diego Chargers and Dolphins game. <laughs> it is my roommate's birthday week, and he is a big-time Dolphins fan. So I wanted to take him to the game. Plus, I've never been to an NFL game myself. As I started looking for tickets, I couldn't find any good ones, and all the seats were far away and expensive. I kept looking, and I also looked at Craigslist, which people warned me for fake tickets. Days passed by, two, two nights before the game, Friday night, I'm still looking and said, God, can you help me get tickets? <laughs> I sensed God saying, I want you to wait until tomorrow. So stop, <laughs> so stop looking at this moment. And he says, I'm thinking tomorrow is the day before the game. But I said, okay, Lord. The next day after work, Saturday afternoon, 4 p.m., just hours before the game on Sunday, I sensed it was time to look again. <laughs> so I went to Craigslist. And there's a post for the game tickets. There's two of them, and the guy lived in Long Beach, where I live. So I called and went to meet the guy. These were club-level tickets and $180 each. I offered him $80 each, and he says, okay, you can take them. But wait, in all caps, but wait. Then he says, by the way, I have an extra ticket. I'm not going to use it. Do you want it? I am like, yes. So I take that free ticket, which is a very expensive seat, and I go, down the, I go down to the game and someone buys that ticket from me for the amount I paid to buy those two tickets. And so the game ended up being free. Here I am sitting in this game thinking, God, you are absolutely crazy about your children. <laughs> so NFL tickets. When we wait and trust God, he will reward us. Whether you are waiting for a football ticket or an important life decision or a heart's desire, our Father is intimately in touch with our very being, and He will provide at the right time. You know, isn't that inspiring? Right? I mean, whether it's about football tickets or uh, school or groceries or whatever it is in your life, God loves you. All right, and he's given us this, this prayer to not only tap into his power, but to help us fall more in love with him. You know, imagine all the good news that will come if we all just decided just to pray on all circumstances. If we all just decided to pray first, right? Pray first. Think about all the good news that will happen. We probably just have a service just of people coming up and sharing good news, right, about prayer. All right, God really wants to amaze us, and he really has given us this thing called prayer to help us fall in love with him. You know, I have just one more thing, and then we'll close here. Uh, but I got, I got baptized. I became a true Christian uh, about five and a half years ago, all right, in May, in May 16, 2010. And uh, ever since that day I got baptized, you know, I was really happy. I became a disciple, all right, a true Christian. Um, but I, I wasn't... Super happy because I knew I had family members who weren't disciples. And so I couldn't really enjoy this with them. And so shortly after I got baptized, my brother got baptized, and my sister got baptized. And, and from that day since we got baptized, our prayer has been for our mother. Our, our mother to, to become a disciple here. My mother believes in God, but she's not a disciple. So that's been our prayer for five years. 
Five and a half years, been praying about it. And a few weeks ago, my mom, she, she came up to me, and she asked me, Hey, Tariq, I'm thinking about getting baptized again. I want you to do it. All right, I want you to baptize me. And I was kind of in shock there. I was like, whoa, this is cool. Like, I, feel, I feel like I love God a lot more now. And this is awesome because my mom is actually thinking this on her own. But God really wants to amaze us. And he really loves us. And he wants to answer our prayers. All right, so let's all pray to God on all occasions, drawing near to him in the process and continuing to fall in love with him. Amen. Amen. Let's go ahead and, and let's close with a prayer. Dear Father God, we are so grateful for the God that you are, Father. The God who has given us this gift of prayer, Father. This gift where we can tap into your power, Father. This gift where we could fall in love with you because of it, Father. I pray that we become men and women who pray on all occasions. I pray that we become men and women who draw near to you through prayer and you draw near to us. Father, I pray that you are with us. For the rest of this holiday season, I pray that we can just become men and women who love you more. Father, we love you so much. Thank you for everything that you do. In your name I pray. Amen.